0: I think one of the things that has really amazed me as I've spent the past year or so educating myself about the audio documentary world is that teenagers who have so many options, so many different media options, are still getting the radio bug the way I did more than two decades ago at my college radio station. And that makes me just feel so great. And I think it's one of the things that get, is I don't know, making people feel so good at this conference. Teenagers are making radio in ways that I couldn't have dreamed of, and they're bringing their own youthful energy and fresh ideas to radio and the Internet, and we're so happy to have you here. As many of you may know, that one of the winners of the Third Coast Festival is Janice Nieves. who's on our panel. She's a radio rookie from WNYC in New York City. She's also here with young producers from Chicago, Portland, and Berkeley. From Berkeley, the moderator of this panel is Ellen O'Leary, the founder of Youth Radio. Ellen is a journalist who has worked for National Public Radio. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Bad timing. And and KQED. She leads Youth Radio's strategic development and award-winning productions and Ellen will introduce us to the next generation of radio makers. Thank
1: you.
2: Um, well, for starters, they're not only the next generation, I think they're the obviously the now generation. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, because it's, it's happening, and I think this is, this is a historic moment right now. Um, I think we've had a lot of youth panels over the last five or ten years. They're usually at 7 a.m., and I'm amazed at how many people come out. We're often up against Ira Glass or, or not up against, parallel uh, situations. And I think that it's it's uh, there's a, more than a metaphor here that we're all together at this conference, and I'd like to thank the Third Coast Festival. I think it's a moment um, where we realize that this is happening in public radio, and we're all here together. And I'm And I'd like to thank Joanna and Julie who've, who've done the work to make that happen and put the young people center stage. Um, along those lines, recently somebody from AOL Time Warner um, came to Youth Radio and said, we're looking at all these youth radio projects and we're going, how do you do this? Because we realize, as many other network executives I've talked to say, uh, nobody under 50 is you know, really watching network news, and they're trying to figure out what is the next thing, sort of racking their brains. Um, and I think, you know, Rebecca Martin, our senior producer, would say, you know, the secret ingredient is we care about the kids. Um, at, at the same time, I think from each of these projects, what you see is uh, th- these these young people are youth radios, are y- public radios brain trust. They are developing the future of public radio and and they're doing it with us each of these projects they're working closely with adults and it's a collaboration and now we're doing that collectively so i think just as many of us joined at that their age got turned on to radio and then have created essentially our generation what we hear on national public radio and our stations these young people are the laboratory and Thank goodness it's on the air. It's happening um, for what will be the future, the new forms. And I think when the networks say, "Well, maybe what is it uh, survivor? It must be that. It's reality TV. it's It's something about being personal. And I think what each program here, and when we've asked them each to bring a piece of tape today, is you'll see that they cr- it is personal, but it's it's not it's not about taking some individuals to a desert island. Um, They already are seeing the ratings fall on that. I think that they're each crossing boundaries in a variety of ways, from the personal to the political, across mediums. So I wanted to start first with our our home uh, group that's welcoming us here, Radio Arte and Nancy Hernandez. And if they are the only all-youth-run radio station in the United States and bilingual um, at the same time, I would like to... So Nancy's gonna start by telling us a little bit about Radio Arte. Well, um,
3: Radio Arte is a youth-run radio station which we play variety of music, not just um, what the mainstream commercialized radio station plays, which is usually pop. We play from underground hip-hop to Spanish rock to electronica dance. Um, This is reflected on the diversity of the radio station to what teenagers are listening to.
2: So, uh, maybe we could listen to a little bit of tape, and I think you'll see they're cutting across not only language, but also uh, using music as a language.
4: Sunday night, six to nine, open mics for my underground heads. Keep, keep us Chicago representing on the worldwide web.
5: There's always something more, 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 more. To, to listen for. Radioarte.org. Rock Expresso está de regreso.
6: Alguna vez nos decidimos por presentar el importante y variado colectivo de la música contemporánea cantada en español.
7: I am in radio contact.
5: Ahora partimos de esta base hacia los más interesantes y nuevos sonidos.
2: So, Nancy, tell us something about that. How is that a signature sound of Radio Arte?
3: Well, because um, we are a bilingual radio station. It reflects um, the diversity of the community we live in. We live in a mainly Mexican neighborhood, so we have a lot of Spanish rock, and we also have, um, of course, the underground hip-hop and the rock and dance, anything um, what the community listens to. We want
2: the public to know what we listen to. And in terms of when, when you guys have a show, because you're with a, sh- uh, a particular show that's in right. English, but if you could tell us how that works um, in terms of are you just, you just get together and you figure out what to do or when you decide to go from Spanish to English, are there only certain times of the day?
3: Well, um, when we first go into the radio station, we, um, are, we take classes there. We either take Spanish or English classes. And um, if you're in an English class, you're assigned to an English program. And if you're in a Spanish class, you're assigned to a Spanish program. But there's also if, you're, um, very fluent, if you're fluent in Spanish, too, you could do an hour programming in Spanish or an hour programming in English. But um, you've got to stick with the language for one hour and another hour. The next hour, you could do Spanish. But um, the music changes also. It could go from a Spanish song to an English song during the hour.
2: And then on your show, you do pieces, right? Right. So maybe tell us how that works in terms of how you pick what you do and who decides.
3: Um, the topics, well, the show I'm on is um, Youth Metro, and the topics um, is open. You can pick any topic you want. You could write it, you could produce it, or you could just write it and somebody else can produce it. But um, it's basically what you're interested in, what you want other people to know about. I
2: okay. also, uh, we're going to now go to Radio Rick- Rookies. And Janice, but I also want to say, if when you guys have questions, because we want this to be a back and forth, Um, so we're not going to wait till we're all the way through to go for questions. Um, I'd like to uh, have Janice Nieves tell us some about Radio Radio Rookies and what you know. What is that special something about Radio Rookies?
8: Well, Radio Rookies is real. That's just that's the best part about it. Is what you know, what we think and um, our opinions on what's going on in the world. Um, It's a new program um, that gives us a chance to talk about, you know, our opinions on public radio.
2: Okay, uh, maybe we'll listen to a bit of that, and we'll get, again, this is the, the boundaries here, the boundaries between the reporter and the material and I think this is an excellent example of that.
4: Maybe Joseph is right, but I don't really give a flower about that. That means I don't care. The other stuff matters to me. So when I heard the president was speaking in Connecticut, I decided to try to ask him some questions. I'm right here in Connecticut, in front of the auditorium. There's like about 150 people. I estimate, you know what I'm saying? When I got to Central State University, I waited outside to see if I could catch President George Bush on the way in. Was number one. I practiced my questions while I was waiting. Do you think that the government will help me pay my tuition? Second like is there's a lot of drugs in my neighborhood, and we need more cops, right? Will you provide more cops in our neighborhood? I'm still waiting for George Bush, right? And some green and brown helicopters come flying through. They big. They big, big, big. I think he's coming. But like, two sausages. With two propellers. And four wheels. Oh, my God, he's waving at me. Nah. Oh my God, Bush is coming. I feel really glad. I saw, like, 15 cop cars. And the crowd said, no more Bush. No more Bush. No, my
2: Bush.
5: Once a week, i go. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> now, Janice, how is that covering a visit of the president? <laughs> how is that piece um, uh, covering the a uh, visit of the president? Some people, you know, it's supposed to be somebody standing in front and going, and now the helicopter is landing it's just more fun to listen to. I can't, when he. Now, is it still an accurate report? Or, you know, why, why is this something that uh, young people would produce and, and think other young people would uh, take as reporting? I mean, is it real? What's interesting is we're hearing what's going, what he's thinking, right? At the same time, that became part of the report. So, how is that the kind of thing that Radio Rookies does? I'm blinking well, no, oh, that, no, just re, in other words, what he he's allowed to do that is that what it gets down to? He, yeah, we have. Um, No, he's allowed to do that, and when you do when you do your pieces, you you're allowed to do whatever you can make it what you're thinking. The process of creating the media, right, at the same time as as actually telling the story of the event you're at, right? What was the question? <laughs> that might have been the problem. What um what what do you want to tell us? For instance, who is this? Who did this piece?
8: Oh, Giovanni Ortiz. He was in my workshop. Um. He wanted to do the story on Bush because in his community, he wanted to know um, what good would come out of him being president to help his community and himself. And, um, yeah.
2: Does someone have a question? He's,
8: He's 13. He's 13 years old.
2: He's 13, yeah. He's 13. And um, d- did he seem to enjoy it or get a kick out of it? Or he, We all enjoyed it. He enjoyed
8: yeah. it. He just, he just made it fun. He just made it fun. And it was just a happy story. It was nice
2: talking. And I think that's, that's one of the, the hallmarks there of, of Radio Rookies. <laughs> Microphone. Microphone's right back there.
9: You were talking about a workshop, so what kind of training? I mean, do you provide training for the youth before they go on air, or what do you do?
8: Yeah, well, we talk about how to use the material that we have and um, how do we use the recorder. Mm-hmm. So we just, they, they taught us how to use the recorder so we could go out and.
9: And, and these training sessions are provided by whom?
8: Um, WNYC Radio. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Thanks. You okay. Um, Next, we'll go to Blunt Youth Radio in Portland, Maine, and 17-year-old Carolyn Bancroft is representing the group, and maybe you could tell us um, a little bit about Blunt, and there's your cheering section
1: right
10: there. Well, Blunt is an hour-long public affairs call and talk show on a community radio station that's actually based at um, the University of Southern Maine. And we have topics, although it's public affairs, we have shows ranging from a mock opera to a pornography show, not, not actually pornography, but just talking <laughs> about the, the um, just pornography in society, or you know, prisons in society, political stuff. I mean, and the piece that you're gonna hear is um, actually just an excerpt from a 12-minute piece that Ariel Adams, who is over in this section, did on, you know, we, we come up with the subjects, and the subject was Girls and menstruation and why in society can we not talk about that and that's something that Arielle felt really strong about strongly about so she brought it up in um, One of our planning meetings and it got voted in and once it's voted in it's going on the air whether it's good or bad or you know and She she really worked really hard and you're gonna hear a little section of it. (laughs) Enjoy. I turned around They looked jovial
9: my first memory of menstruation is the voice of my grandmother asking me if i'd started to menstruate and since i hadn't not to worry it would come soon growing up i always imagined i'd get my first period right in the middle of school i pictured blood flowing out of my body soaking through my white skirt and dripping onto the white classroom floor i was not only petrified by this image but the idea of being physically able to have a baby develop inside of me wasn't too pleasant a thought either. I got my period when I was 14 years old. It was Christmas break of my 8th grade year, and my family and my parents' close friends had traveled to Mexico. I don't remember how I felt during the days leading up to my first period. I got home later, and I was playing a little Super Mario, and I was like, I think I'm going to go upstairs to the bathroom. And then I'm like, whoa, I'm bleeding. Well, it was the fall of my 8th grade year, and it was the day before my... Um, championship meet for cross country, and I went to the bathroom after practice, and I was like, "Oh my God, what is that?" I thought there was something wrong with me, and I was like, "I can't believe it! I think it was start my periods." So I went home, my mom was like, "Oh my God!" Blah, blah, blah. She's like, "Here, take this pad," and it was like seven inches thick and like ten feet long. So I was like, "Okay." So the next day. I had to wear that, and like, you know, when you first get your period, you don't bleed that much at all, so like, there was really no point in me wearing it, so I had this huge pad on, and I had to wear like, these running shorts, and try to run my race, and I was like, wobbling across the track, it was so awful. Look,
2: you'll be
7: a woman.
9: For Blunt, this is Ariel Adams.
2: So Carolyn now tell me about the voting process was was it unanimous or just the um, uh, guys voted for this?
10: Well, I think rarely I don't th- I don't know if we've ever had a show that was a unanimous vote. Um, we have about 40 kids in blunt coming from nine different area high schools and um, we have these huge planning sessions where we just throw out ideas and write them all up on a big sheet of paper and then you go through a voting process and people can do commercials for their show you know come on let's do this. You know, I think this is a good idea, and people can do anti commercials, and um, and we we go through, and I think you know, it's really it's important to, it's an important process for people to really get out. How how will this work out? Will this fill an hour? Um, can we talk about this? Can we make pieces about this? And I mean, th- those two, those three stories were just three of I think eight or nine, and. Um, it, it all goes it's a bit long process. I mean, we produce all of our own pieces. We're trained in all the aspects of hosting, engineering, reporting, and producing. So it's really self-motivated. You can get the tape, but if you don't produce it, it's not going to be able to air. So I mean, it really takes a lot of
7: mm-hmm.
10: of time, which is something that's a problem with teenagers who are busy mm-hmm. or lazy or you know I mean, it's it's definitely something that you you need you need to have that that vision like Ariel had where you see this and you want it done so badly that you're going to you're going to go out and you're going to make girls blush and you're going to make boys cringe and you're going to get it on the air and i think that's that's what blunt
2: really is about and then are you when you're at school and people have heard this um, what's the effect? I mean, are are you guys, are people impressed and they're like, oh, you're with Blunt Radio, or are they like, I'm never talking to you again?
10: Um, I think it's more of the of, um, people, I, I'm not sure if it's more as impressed, but just they, they respect it. I mean, um, it's something, you know, we don't take the tape and manipulate it. It's, it's as, you know, we take the tape and we, we air it as it is, and, you know, um, I think that's a neat part is we're not only getting teens voices, but we're getting adult voices and, and we're 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 encouraging that interchange. You know, our our audience isn't all youth. I mean we have Mark from Falmouth who calls in, I guess it's a it's a call and talk show and I he calls in I would say once a month and we have four shows a month. Um, so and he and you know we we really encourage
2: What's that. What's the deal with Mark from Falmouth? He
10: always calls in with some outrageous comment. Um, is he a,
2: a young person? He's an, he's an adult. Um, yeah. at least he sounds like an adult. Yeah. Um, there there is a tendency um, on adult stations on talk shows for the adults to call in and yell at the kids or, or I don't I don't think it's he's as much friend? as yelling. No yeah. no
10: I mean people they call in with questions or comments um, you know mm-hmm. about pieces and stuff like that and. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, it's really a respect thing, but mm-hmm. we're we're on the same level. We, when you're talking to kids and you want their stories, you don't want to act like you're higher than them. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, that's the only way to really get true tape, I mean, without people feeling really uncomfortable, is to just get down and say, you know, I had my period this time. When did you, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's when you're really going to hear the true stuff and get those mm-hmm. funny stories about the track meet or this or that.
2: Tony? Uh,
5: I just thought I was going to hold off on this question a little bit later, but you just kind of raised the issue for me. I'm the father of a Mm 15-year-old, and um, I would say generally, depending upon the day of the week, the the, the real theme is I don't want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. I don't think you have anything to tell me. Mm -hmm. And um, (laughs) if I had something that I really wanted to let you know about, I sure wouldn't tell you. (laughs) Yes. But I don't think I do. So I'm kind of wondering if you guys, as you're producing your shows and realizing you have this amazing medium to talk to each other, if you think it's important and an issue to try to use it to reach older people, not just this guy who calls in, but uh, those of us, or does it kind of like uh, become a tool to let you remain the adolescence that you are right now where you you want it to be something that's your own and how important an issue is that for you and can i and can i add a second question i'm sorry
2: can, can we do uh, can we do three, that first i just first? told
5: us it'll be my third question but it is really related and that is what is it what is it about what you hear uh, from adult radio like the way we do stories. But wait, or when or I did this, news. when
2: I did this, no one want could answer me. So can can we do the first one first? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do you guys think? In other words, are you into doing the radio because it's just you talking to other kids, or do you? What about the part about talking to adult audiences? I, I'd like whoever could answer this here. Um,
11: would... Well, well, uh, on youth radio. This is Victor of...
2: Vasquez from Youth Radio. Hey, Berkeley. what's up?
11: Oh, hold your applause, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, Yeah, so um, basically, uh, yeah, so we – I kind of see um, uh, the commentaries and stories that we do at Youth Radio as divided into two sections, stuff for NPR or adults and stuff for, say, the web or sometimes KCBS and the Z95 show, like some –
10: it's a commercial. Yeah, station. Yes, a commercial
11: commercial station. Sometimes the commercial stations will allow us to do things that are a little more um, well, maybe in NPR's um, point of view, or n- not NPR per se, but say uh, sometimes CBS or whatever. You know, some public radio will be like um, some of the stuff we do is like tacky, quote unquote. But it's actually, <laughs> and I don't think I don't think it's tacky. And um, and for the web, actually, um, that would probably go in the tacky. But I just it's, it's not tacky. Um, that category. But it's um like I, I don't know, it's kind of like you have to change your voice to talk to adults. And because um, a lot of the time like the whole the two sausages flying around I mean, I think you guys really got into that, which was cool. Um and the I don't give a flower <laughs> type of thing, which is I obviously something have to change your voice to talk to I, us. I don't know, it's just kind of like um a lot of the time people wouldn't take uh, someone seriously if they're going hella or I don't give a flower or, um, show enough. I don't know. That's not even, people don't even say that, but, <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah. but, um, but, story is,
1: Uh, did air on WMIC radio and is heard predominantly by adults but what Radio Rookies does is anything that we think is sort of teen lingo, we just have them explain. So example, Jesus did a story on guns in his neighborhood and somebody said there are mad people around here selling guns. And he said if you don't know what that means, it means a lot of people. So it's not crazy people out here selling guns. So we sort of try to um, mesh the two languages so that
2: we're all speaking on the same terms. I just want to and, and, Tony, I think what Victor is also talking about is sometimes they're – I mean, you guys are interested in a youth audience. They are. And, and some of us look to have outlets where we know a youth audience already is. But at the same time, for, for instance, Radio Arte, I believe, has a youth audience – is that true, as well as an adult audience? Or what's okay, the we primary? Have, um, well, it's usually ranging between um, 13. And I want to say
3: 25, the
2: ages of um, people who listen to So there you have it. It is a youth outlet. But that's what's so cool and what we're talking about, about their interest in public radio, is that you guys are also, even if your friends aren't listening to it, are you, um, you're, a lot of the work is going where you know it's only adults. So what's that like? For instance, at WNYC, Janice, where you know most of your friends aren't listening, right? I mean, not, uh, if you haven't told them to. <laughs> or is that the case?
8: I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't. Oh, I know In other possible. words, what's it like
2: producing when you know it's mostly an adult audience? Is that the way you guys are thinking of it, or are you thinking that you're getting kids to listen? I
8: don't think of any. I don't. I don't think of it that way. I just want it to be heard.
2: I
10: think that's a really good point. I mean, when you're telling a story, I, I mean, I guess in some ways you you might explain it differently to adults and and young people. But I think the real thing is you just want the true voice to come out, and you don't want it to be, to be manipulated by age or social group or whoever you're you're broadcasting it towards.
5: Could, could I ask my follow-up? Yes, question? sir. <laughs> <laughs> When you guys get together and sort of make fun of the way adults do a story, like here comes the president or whatever, or this is the true nature of the problem facing our youth nowadays, what do you make fun of about the way we do a story? Like what are, what are the things we do that you say, man, well, I'm oh. never going to do that to get through?
11: Well, there's one thing that's <laughs> kind of apparent that's, um you're you, you it's quite obvious that it's not the real voice. It's just kind of like, it's, it's probably like someone who speaks like, Hey, what's up in real life will be like, this is like <laughs> John Johnson of CNN. I'm here to give you the, and, and it's like, you don't, you don't you don't gotta do that. You know, um, like what I liked, I really liked the, uh, the president, uh, one, uh, what by, radio
2: rookies, pun. yeah the
11: radio rookie people. Um, I like I thought the guy where he's even like yeah so I'm out in front of the I'm out in front of the building right with a question it's like you never you never hear that stuff and I don't know maybe maybe I don't even know what I'm trying to say here but <laughs> but I don't know I think there should be more stuff like that even on NPR maybe just get adults used to hearing stuff like that stuff that would be quote-unquote, sloppy. Which,
2: which Tony, <laughs> <But>. <laughs> in, Tony, in a way, is uh, like the survivor. When you see the attempts that are being made on a grander scale, it's this idea, again, of the personal and people being who they really are. Uh, you know, one thing there, when I talked to the people from Time Warner, they said they'd done focus groups with people under 30, and people were basically not interested in news when they asked him, are you, do you, are you interested in news, they said, no, in extraordinary numbers. Are you interested in information, they said, yes, in extraordinary numbers. And maybe that's the distinction of some of what's being developed here. It is information. It's not necessarily, here's music, here's talk, here's what I think, here's what happened. I think that's, that's some of the mixing. Does anybody want to say any more about the, the, the style, things that you're looking to do differently? They love what we do, I think. (laughs) Yolanda,
12: I just wanted to um, add the comment about Radio Arte uh, because when we train uh, young people, we don't necessarily say target this audience or that audience. It's just be creative, um, create the piece however you feel. Whether it's it's a personal, whether it's a news piece, whether it's a music piece, or I mean, we have. We have like fifteen or twenty different programs on the station alone, so it, they they pretty much just are very creative with with what they do. I mean they train with all kinds of people from audio artists to journalists and I think that that 's very important um, in in the in the sense that they get we can only provide them the tools to create the pieces and then whatever direction they take they take they, and, and i and i think that 's important because we don't we don't tell them try to target adults or try to target kids. It just happens that we have a lot of kids that listen, but we have a lot of adults as well that appreciate the the, the creative work that goes behind what they do.
2: And this is Yolanda Rodriguez, the station manager of Radio Arte. <laughs> and and if, just quickly I should have introduced Serena Patel who's the producer with Radio Rookies with Marianne McCune and just just quickly and Claire Holman from Blunt Claire and Rebecca Martin the senior producer from Youth Radio Okay. okay we'll take one more question then we're going to go back to the clips for a bit
10: um, I guess I'd, I'd like to know what kind of support that you've gotten from professionals um, in professional radio producers, and what of, of that support, what, what has been really useful and helpful and what part of it has been less helpful? And what so partly the question is like what what can those of us in this room that are professionals do um, to really
11: uh, uh, really enable youth to, to speak in their own voices.
2: Good question. Can you? Yeah. Um, well
3: about the whole support thing. Um, I guess people like the professional supporters um they're like, wow, you're doing this at a young age. Wow, I wish they had that when I was younger. This is, um, I guess, a great opportunity for us. Um, most people don't learn how to use programs like Pro Tools or Soundforce to produce until they're like in the second or third year of college. And people are learning this from the age of 15, 16, which it can really help them out in the future if they want to pursue the career in radio or anything, audio, or anything they want to do if they start at a young age.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Janice?
8: Um... um. I've gotten a lot of support. Um, they're not only just professionals, but they're also, like, family. Um, they just guide us through. If we have a hard time, they're always there. Um,
10: what more can you say? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Carolyn. Um,
10: well, in terms of, like, national airing, we – Blunt has had two, piece, two pieces aired in our seven years of being um, – on the air, I guess you could say, and that was during Columbine and then during the September 11th attacks. Um, and I guess the thing is that as, as someone who's in it, I, and I guess my view is sort of biased, I hear pieces that just blow me away every single show, and I, it's, and maybe, maybe they're just ideas for pieces that aren't cultivated because we don't have you know, people saying, "Yeah, I think that's great," and you know, we we have really great advi- mentors, but this is this isn't a full time job for anyone, and, and they're working so hard to to get everyone to go. But um, I don't know. I think um, just hearing youth's voices on the radio encourages other youth to become involved. And, and you know that there's so many people out there who have stories that they want to tell or who, who really want to listen and um, share other people's stories. Um, so, yeah, I guess just encouraging and, and allowing that voice to be heard.
2: So, uh, Victor, maybe we'll go to the youth radio, describing youth radio in Berkeley, not to cut you off there mm-hmm. on the... Uh Oh, just a Adult quick response.
11: Thing. Yeah. Um, as much as I've been ragging on NPR, actually, they're really, really nice to us, and they give us a lot of time. And I think the best thing that, like, people like that could do is just give um, time to kids and also maybe have young people, like, um, helping decide what can air. I don't even know to tell about or whatever. Okay.
2: You mean so. give time to kids, give air time, or yeah. give their own time? Have yeah. you a home for dinner or? Hmm? <laughs> That, too? Yeah, sure, Yeah, okay. Uh, All right, so can you describe, uh, you know, some of this crossing boundaries thing for youth radio in Berkeley? Right now you're someone involved in crossing the boundaries of the mediums. You started in the radio, and because your stuff was going to be so bizarre, we had to put it on the web, that kind of thing.
11: Okay, yeah. um, So, well... I guess you guys kind of know what ETH Radio is. It's like a media training program. You go through um, two different training um, programs that are like three months or whatever each. Um, And then you're um, an intern, and you have to focus on one thing um, that you're going to be, like, working on. Um, So if you're interested in music, you focus on DJing. If you're interested in um, uh, news, you're going to be in the newsroom. If you want to do a public affairs show, we have two of those more than that maybe, um, and uh, we just recently have a web, uh, got a web team, well, not recently, like last year, but um, what was I even saying? Oh, yeah, <laughs> so you pick um, what you want to do, and uh, I picked newsroom before web team was around, because um, I was uh, I like to write, and um, a lot of my stuff is kind of bizarre, like Ellen said, um, so, I mean, I was doing news for a while and commentaries, but I wasn't really like um, being completely like, you know, it's, it's you know, you guys, it's, it's hard to pick one thing to focus on. I, I like to draw. I like to um, do pottery. No, I don't like to do pottery. i was just joking. Um, but I like to draw and I like to write. And um, I'm kind of down for, uh, I mean, I, I like to do music. I haven't really had too much of an opportunity to do
2: Okay, so maybe in this... In
11: <laughs> wow, okay, yeah, anyway, so...
2: Uh, all right, I'm moving right in here. Maybe on the clip, uh, because we have these pottery people, et cetera, we said, okay, uh, we'll do it on the web and can put all the mediums together. Yeah. So on the uh, youth radio station that we're try- that we're launching on the web and hope to exchange material with youth groups around the country and around the world we're, we're letting, the kids are going to mix in the uh, the graphics and the video. and that's a clip here.
11: Hello. 89.3 KPFB를 듣고
6: Hola. Están escuchando 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley.
11: Shalom. You are listening to 89.3 KPFB in Radio
6: 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley. You are listening to Using in Control on eighty nine point three
9: GP in, in, in Berkeley A. in Berkeley.
6: Let's <laughs> <man.
7: Let's laughs>
11: So I wrote and directed that. Um, no, actually did <laughs> So,
2: Victor, maybe that was... <laughs> uh, you, you could say a little bit about the translating. In a way, it's back to Tony's question um, about when you do something for uh, different audiences, but you're also doing it for different mediums so you can extend or things start on the web, that kind mm-hmm. of
11: thing. Um, yeah, well, what she said. Um, the web is kind of... I see it as... Um, just not, not even a, uh, a medium as itself, but, well, obviously it's a medium. But, like, it's it's a unifier of all mediums. Like, you, you can see stuff, you can hear stuff. Maybe one day you can smell stuff on the web, I don't know. Um, but you got, um. so, I mean, it's so much, you know, look at what you can do to radio. I mean, radio, uh, obviously everyone has this romantic idea of, like, sound just being so, like, beautiful on its own. But you can do so much other stuff with it. I mean, I wish we could show you the website, um, but youthradio.com um, and also... Org. Org. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Youthradio.org um, and the sister site, youthincontrol.org. We're going to combine them eventually. But um, the sister site is kind of like an easy quote, unquote, for those of you who don't know. Uh, it's just kind of like a alternative type of... Um, I can't even explain it. But just go online magazine. There we go. Thank you. Um, just go there and check it out because it's got a whole bunch of we, – we do this thing. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the program Flash. It's it's a web animation program. And what we've done, um, a couple of people have been taking commentaries that, you know, one-minute commentaries have been on uh, CBS um, or uh, KQED, which is a Fox station, I guess, or something.
2: KQED. Oh, God. No, not a Fox station. Oh, I no, have no ahead. idea. I'm I'm not
11: <laughs> intelligent at all. Um,
2: <laughs> you are intelligent. Oh, shucks. Go ahead.
11: Okay. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so we take these commentaries and we animate them in flash. Um, we have like five or six of them up right now. Um, and um, it's just kind of we add like little visual aids, and it's just neat to watch. And it's it's really cool, but there's even more stuff, I mean, stuff that we can't even imagine right now that we could be doing with this stuff. And I mean, it's like knowing the, the Internet is just like a concept like, you know, what, like 40, 50 years ago, people would be, like, not even able to envision it. And, the, and then it just opens up this whole thing where it's like, all this, like, abstract things, and, (laughs) like, speaking all. Okay, so uh,
2: (laughs) as far as how it goes back to the radio, which I think we're going to also move on back to Radio Arte, I think what we're saying, too, is that because we can... They have a lot to say, and there's so much going on, but not the airtime. So I think groups are using the web right now actually to incubate um, and it, I real, when I realize even Time Warner is doing that, they're incubating on the web. That's what they were talking to me about. They don't want to put a show up because they don't know what it will be. The truth is, public radio is incubating on the radio. That's what all these projects are. But there's the, the young people are doing so much that it's essentially spilling over to the internet as well. Um, so I, I say we're ahead. <laughs>
11: oh, Youth in Control. It's all one word. Dot org. Um, yeah we're going to try and put them together
2: and again I think a lot of this material uh, ends up back on the radio and then from the radio to the internet and I think the radio, the work that radio arte is doing is the thing is see they they're on all day so essentially um, they have that place that many of the groups don't have that they have to use the web for so I think um, Nancy and I oh and would take a question and then go to Nancy
3: Oh I didn't you could finish your sentence. Yeah, go
2: ahead. Um, you all were trained in
10: totally different manners. I was just wondering if each of you could um, say what you liked the best about or the most important aspect of the way that you were trained. Um, you guys had some had really
2: formal classes, and others it was much more informal. Everybody's here is having some formal classes, but why don't you guys say what you like the best? nancy um they we had um a formal class which
3: um they trained us in writing um producing journalism for about three months and um towards the end of it they had hands on um with um producing that was um the, i guess that was my favorite part uh, make getting audio and um manipulating i guess um cutting and pasting and all that stuff i guess um learning the program was the best part for me
8: okay. the best part for me was that um we didn't have to change we could just be ourselves and it was just comfortable being in an atmosphere where there was just limitless options of what we wanted to do. So that, I think that was the best part—just being, just letting, just them telling us that, you know, just be comfortable and just be you. And so that was the best part for me.
10: Um, we have pretty informal training sessions. Well, there we have training sessions with small groups of maybe five or six um, people at a time. Um, learning the skills of either using a Marantz or writing or hosting or producing. I would guess my favorite was probably learning how to report, although I was really scared I was going to um, offend people walking up to them with a uh-huh. microphone. Um, but yeah, it was really fun. I was with some, some kids who were really energetic, and that helped me get more comfortable just walking up to a random person and then asking their opinion on something. But yeah, I'd say reporting was probably my favorite training. But they're, they're laid back, but we learned the skills, and yeah.
11: Yeah, so, I mean, my training, youth radio training, is pretty much similar to every, what everyone else said. And I, I really agree with Jeannette, though. Just it's the people that make the experience, like, really, really, really cool. Okay.
2: You mean the other young people?
11: Uh, not only the other young people, but, like, the people teaching us. We have peer teachers um, that have been through the program, and that's another thing you can choose to do. Instead of going to the newsroom, you could become a peer teacher. Um, and it's just kind of like you choose an area um, and you peer-teach, and it's, it's cool just having, like, um, it's, like, not really as school-setting as it could be, which is really good, because I don't like school at all, so.
2: so. And one of the keys here, I think, is, though, you're not alone. You're in a group. They're all in a group of young people in some way, which is different than being the only young person at a radio station. Uh, so I think we'll go to where we are inviting questions as we, as we continue. They, they've each brought something they really they care about or they think uh, shows something, again, particular about the program. Uh, so uh, we'd like to get to those. And we have uh, Nancy's piece on girls and graffiti.
11: Listo.
5: No morirá la flor de la palabra. Podrá morir el rostro oculto de quien la nombra hoy, pero la palabra que vino desde el fondo
11: de la historia y de la tierra ya no podrá ser arrancada por la soberbia del poder.
9: In February of 1996, the Mexican federal government and the EZLN signed a document known as the San Andres Accords. This accordance gave the indigenous people some of what they demanded. The San Andres Accord gave the indigenous people in Chiapas the freedom to control their own form of government and to provide education for their children in their native language. Ernesto Cedillo, then the President of Mexico, did not implement the San Andres Accords. Instead, President Cedillo sent his army into Zapatista land in Chiapas and evicted indigenous people from their homes. In November of 1996, the EZLN stopped dialogue with the Mexican federal government. However, the Zapatistas continued to organize their communities autonomously. The indigenous people in Chiapas continued to get attention and support from organizations around the world. Donald. If you look into the whole twenty-five years of graffiti history, which means that you can
3: actually go and find living people to tell you the story. story, you don't you have, have, to have to look, look it in the up deep. in a book. You know your history. You know that women have been there all along. Whatever their motives were for getting in the game, they've been there.
6: They're...
3: Lady Pink. Even if it seems like a stereotype name for women, that was far from being true. Since you could see my name on subway cars next to all the male writers' names, I was a feminist speaking for women's rights even before I ever heard about anything like that. Okay. Um, the first. The first piece was um by Rocío Brambila. she's um she's also with Youth Metro and um she wrote about um, her she wrote and produced about the Zapatistas. This is um, a topic she's interested in. Like I said before, we um write about things we're very interested in and the topics are open and it doesn't matter what we write about, they're open and they'll be aired on, they'll be on the air. Um what I write, what I wrote about was about um, females in graffiti, which um not many people know about either. And I guess I, we try to write about things that um, people are afraid to write about, don't know about it, just give them information about what's going on besides the normal thing that goes on in you know, on commercial radios or anything that's not that's censored. We try not to censor ourselves, I guess what I'm trying to say. And um, the female in graffiti was the second part to the first part I wrote and produced on graffiti, the general history, and throughout the thirty, the past three decades of it.
2: See, what I think is really interesting, and is that a, something you guys do often where you're, Kind of doing history, and then you're doing something current?
3: Right. We, um, I guess, we tell the history of what happened so people can know, I guess, to get a feel of the story we're doing. Um, We tell them information, what they need, and then um, what's going on at the time. We're writing it. Um, This is what happened. This is what people are doing now. And um, we just write a brief history of it, tell them what's going on and what's going on now.
2: See, now, normally people would say, well, kids don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear history. You know, it's boring, and they just want to... You know, in a sense, you'd think, oh, that's a public radio kind of thing that kids don't want to hear. So, how how do you guys make it work? I guess um, because we're youth um, writing for the youth, we
3: kind of know what we want them to hear, what they would like to hear. So, I guess we highlight the parts that we find interesting, but it's also useful information that um, they want to know about. Like we want them to know about. We just, um, I guess, add music to it and make it a little bit.
2: I mean, in a way, that's like the new form where it's got it's information, but it's entertainment, but it's personal.
3: Right. How long? The first piece was originally about five, six minutes long, and the second piece was also six minutes long. Right. It's all music, background history, people talking, voiceovers.
2: They're like half hour shows with music under the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Isn't right. Me, what about music and um I well, don't mean just Radio Arte. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah.
3: Um well in Youth Metro we have a half hour show which like many other shows like Radio Vida and um the other shows we have at Radio Arte, we um when we produce it we add music to the background or uh, depending I guess on how you want to you want um to have your topic, like people who do voiceovers, and you could put um, effects in it, or you could just leave it as is, depending on how you want the emotional, I guess, the emotional feeling of the voice. If you want music in the background, if you just want no music in the background to get another emotional feel. So, I guess it all depends on the music you use to get um, to get at people with their with um, how you feel about this piece.
2: Pretty much, would there be music or sound in in every piece? Right, um, not necessarily in all of them. Some of them could just people talking,
3: interviews, or you could add to it. So, it all depends on how. It, You want to do your style. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay. And uh, Radio Rookies, we're going to tonight, you get to hear Janice's piece that she is winning the award for. Um, But right now we're going to hear another piece of hers that I think is also very reflective of a lot of the young people in terms of the the media diet. Do you want to say anything first, Janice, or...? Uh, they're, they're, no, we're gonna hear it. It's, the tape's gonna speak.
8: I hate that buzzer. I really do. So I turn it off as soon as I wake up and leave the radio on. I always sleep with the radio. I can't sleep without it for some reason.
6: On events up next on Hot 97.
8: I turn to Hot 97's morning show with Star and Buck Wild. Star calls himself a hater. But he just speaks his mind about everyone,
11: that's all. I went on a date with somebody, called him up a week later, and he says, well, who's this? I said, Star, calling your beautiful daughter. She said, you mean my 16-year-old daughter? I said, whoa, Uh -uh.
1: (laughs) whoa. Uh -uh.
6: You know, I'm trying to be like that, especially in school, like not caring what anybody thinks, not being afraid to sit in class or raise your hand and say something when you want to say it, even if it sounds stupid. But then you know, sometimes he does go overboard.
2: So Janice, what's going on there? In term did you um, did you narr- Is that what you did while you were in your room or at home, or how did that work in terms yeah, of putting it together? Yeah,
8: that was in my home. Um, that piece was on my media, which is we
2: forgot. Yeah, which is that? Right.
8: Oh, it right. Was for on the media. Um, it was basically if, um, about when I listen to the radio, what am I listening to? If I'm watching TV, what am I watching? When I'm on the internet, what websites
2: I'm on? Because that's part of the deal, and in the, in the young people today are, are basically doing it all at once, too, right? Yes. And that piece was just a It was about how much I love radio. I just love radio. It also gives you a feel, the way you did it, of what it... I feel like I'm in your room and you're getting ready to go to school. You know, that it's... um, What's it like to be you and have this... The kind of sound that you have coming at you? So how'd you do that in terms of... did Did you know it was gonna... You were trying to have me hear what it was for you? Or was that... How did that come about? I
8: didn't even think of, I didn't think about the recorder that much. It was just about just listening to the radio. Just
2: how I listen to the radio. That's how I listen mm-hmm. to the radio.
5: Mm-hmm.
8: I just happened to have the recorder there.
2: Mm-hmm. Which is part of what makes it so powerful that it's the it's the you are there then thing and again that it's 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 authentic, right?
6: I just
12: wanted to know if there was um if you were being censored by anyone. Like, if there were such topics that people that, like, the people who were, like, watching over you or something, they're telling you, you can't air this.
8: I'm sorry, can you repeat that?
12: Like, if, are you being censored by anyone? Like, is is somebody telling you, you can't air this because it's too political or it's too something?
8: No, they, we, no, we don't, no. <laughs> no, it's, um, we just record what we want on tape. Um... But as far as my story and what we've done at Radio Rookies, there's just you know, we haven't they haven't told us we couldn't do anything unless it was um, inappropriate. Then I guess they would cut it out. Like what? Like swearing.
1: You can get it on tape but it wouldn't air on public radio. Who edits? My, she does. Serena Fatashi does she's the producer.
2: Okay, does anybody else want to say anything about the censorship issue? Or uh, I, I think that that deal with appropriate, um, does everybody think that's working? I think we all do that to some degree. In other words, what the FCC will take you off the air for, yeah. we can't do. Um, that was a big deal when we were your age. They, it ended up in the Supreme Court with the seven... Seven words. <laughs> does that does that work? I think that's a question. Does that does that rule do you feel restricted by that? Does anybody feel restricted by that? I mean Howard Stern, you know.
11: Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit. Well, I
10: think you can still get the point across if you beep something out. I mean if someone says something and there's and we have to cut it out, I mean I think the point is still made. Um mm-hmm. Yeah.
11: What did she say?
2: Take your can you take your question?
7: Well, first I just wanted to commend you on the diversity of this panel. And also, I mean, I know you're not directly responsible, but whenever I look at youth radio sites or listen to them on the radio, I just hear such a wide range of diverse perspectives mm-hmm. as far as youth of color, um, youth with different sexual orientations. So mm-hmm. first, I mean, I th- think that's just amazing. but. So related to that, my question is, how do you deal with conflicts that may come up within your different organizations as far as prejudice that may arise between different groups? Are there ever sort of territorial issues about, you know, well, only the black kids can do hip-hop or only the Latino kids can do the Latino shows? Are there any of those types of issues? And if so, how do you deal with them? No.
2: Let we'll start with the panel.
11: Oh. Oh. Well, I mean, it's obviously not like that, but, um, hmm, we want to restate the question one more time?
7: <laughs> if there are any, given the diversity of these different organizations as far as youth of color, I mean, are there issues of racism or prejudice or heterosexism that come up when you're planning the shows, and if so, how do you deal with those issues?
11: Um, I actually, for the most part, and this might sound like corny or whatever, but it seems like everyone... ETH radio is, like, cool with each other. We all pretty much get along. I mean, you got to be, I mean, it's it takes a certain type of person to be able to work with a whole bunch of people that are really different from you. So, I mean, if you're already down to work with a whole bunch of different people, you're not going to have too much problems, like, you know, with, um, on, a, on a really big level. Maybe there might be, like. In the beginning classes, like core or or bridge classes, there might be some sort of petty something, but it's usually it's it's usually just like the common thing is like we all want to do something vaguely related. Usually, the connecting thing is radio. That's youth radio, but you know, we we all want to do the same thing, so it's kind of like that. It kind of gets it. You know, whatever I was saying. Does anyone
2: (laughs) else want to comment on that? Yeah,
8: I do. In radio rookies, we have this. Meeting where every time we go to a workshop, we always discuss what we did the day before. So, before we get on, it, before we do talk about story descriptions or anything that has to do with radio, we talk amongst ourselves about how we feel. And um, so, it's more like we were friends before we start making our stories. Do you want
2: to say something, Carolyn? Um, I, I agree yeah. with both, Victor. Because there can be there's issues of ethnic diversity and then there's just issues. I think uh, one of the things about these programs, and it's if we can all remember back to high school, it's so so great to have a neutral ground. I mean, even if everybody, if it's in Maine and and, and there's not a lot of ethnic diversity, people are from, you know, the weird group or the cool group and all that. And to have another place, which can be our radio stations or our studio, where you come and nobody knows any of that. Like, that's why we all love radio anyway, right, for the anonymity. (laughs) And then they they get a, a safe place where it's all, no one knows who doesn't like you at school. And then also, that's what's so great. You, they're all work they all work together on stuff. And so basically there's no time. and if it comes up, um, I, I think it, it they're saying it, it is worked out through the process of getting to know one another. So that's like, sort of like the icing on the cake.
7: I'm, I have another parent question. Um, it seems like you guys have really carved out a nice space for yourselves as teens. And I'm wondering um, if your parents or if parents that you've heard from feel threatened by that or if they're supportive of it, um, you know, if they're losing you, or, if, or is this bringing you to them, or, you know, what's that dynamic like? Okay,
8: I'm going to be first to answer that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did, my story was on my father, and at the time, well, he is a heroin addict. And my mother was, um, she, you know, she wasn't, she didn't really want me to do the story because she knew, she didn't want, she didn't want me to break down. She didn't want me to um, make him my first priority. And since the outcome, she's like, she's just so happy. She's just, you know, she's, she keeps telling me, you know, she said, I, I can't believe that I didn't want you to do the story, and now that you did it, look how, how much you accomplished and like
2: she's you. right here. <laughs> Does anyone else want to comment on it?
10: Um, well, I guess blunt takes a lot of time and I guess that's where my parents might get the most jealous maybe um, of just the amount of time, but I think really it offers offers just conversation starter and my, both my parents have re- really like national public radio (PRI) everything, and um, yeah, I think it's 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 offered a connection, some sort of, you know, a, a yeah, I guess it, it's building bridges, not burning it.
2: And maybe also, I think most of these programs are distinctly youth-run uh, in a way, so it's not the kind of program that the pushy parent push their way in and sign the kid up. This doesn't work unless they want to do it. So uh, I think that's a a feature that then the parent takes notice of. Um, So maybe we take one more question and then we're really going to cry and quickly do the rest of the tape.
7: I just have a quick question. I wanted to know about getting pieces on the air outside of, I don't know whether Radio Rookies is a self-contained program, for example on WNYC. I know I've heard youth radio pieces a lot on NPR, but how hard is it to get pieces on the magazines? And now I'm not talking about NPR's morning edition or all things considered, but within, you know, just dropped into local programming and by way of starting, you know, for example, the piece that you guys did on, on menstruation. You know, you could have an hour-long call-in program on that or a half-hour call-in and have that start the piece. And whether you get responses from the adults who say, oh, no, 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 that's that's for the kids, that's for the younger people. We don't want to talk about serious adult issues and introduce it with a piece that a kid did.
10: Um, well, I guess we don't really have um, a staff member who's in charge of getting us on national I mean, on magazines, um, news magazines and things like but that. But that's starting to
2: happen. Yeah, but that's yeah. starting to happen with yeah. the help of youth yeah.
10: radio. Um, and Claire. And Claire, <laughs> yeah. definitely Claire. Yeah. Um, but i mean it really it's it's only happened in two national tragedies that we've really gotten but your local
2: from. station in other words getting you guys are in yeah. your own show can pieces ever be aired in other parts of the day um in terms of the station that we
10: are on it we usually only air on the on monday nights from 7:30 to 8:30 um but yeah I'm, and and i think I that's I,
2: one of the key measures of uh Recognition that helps build the program, right? For radio rookies, you guys are on in a prime time, every day for a week, that kind of thing. In terms of the station,
8: I can't answer that. I don't know.
2: But the WNYC has made a big commitment to this. Does it yeah. seem like that to you? Yeah, they
8: they have. Um, but when we finish our stories, it's aired twice or three times. But um, that's that's all I know. Okay
1: now is once the workshop, we run workshops in different neighborhoods in New York, and they each run between two and three months. And at the end of each workshop, we have about six radio features that run between five and ten minutes long. When those stories are done, then the radio station works it into their programming schedule, and it airs during our local programming on Morning Edition on our local WNYC um, which is the NPR affiliate in New York. So they have a commitment to having these voices on the air, and they get heard, and hopefully in the future that time will be greater and there will be more voices. But it's a program that's still growing, and um, to do the kind of stories that we do and work with the teens that we work with, we have to do it slowly to get the to do the job properly. Um, but what we also have is a website where we have an open mic, which is a place that we're hoping, and people do after they hear the stories on the air, they can go and have those discussions on the web. Okay.
2: Thank you. Yolanda?
12: I think that we're very fortunate because we do have our own radio station, and it is a, a program that was started by the Mexican Fine Arts Center Museum. But I think a lot of the work that our young producers do, even though they're I mean, we train them in all aspects of radio, so they do some of the administrative, some of the production, and um, and I think that if some of their pieces were were, we've tried pitching different stories to different people, but it because they're so when people listen to them, they, they just don't know quite what to make of them. You know, it's mm-hmm. they're kind of music and journalism and audio art kind of all mixed together, and that's why we picked the name that we did, Radio Arte. But it's very it would be very hard um, because people want to kind of box them. Like, well, what are you? <laughs> you know, are you news? Are you entertainment? And and I think because when when we tried doing that, it just didn't work. People were like, well, we're interested in more news, or you can't ever put music in news. I mean, that's, just, that's a big no-no in journalism. <laughs> you should know that. So I think it's very interesting. I don't think it's about... The work that we do, I think it's about how people perceive it and how people want um you know even though they they want that you know authentic kind of voice, but yet when you present them in in a different kind of format or in a different style that's not that's very different I think it's it, it's kind of hard to get past those doors
2: and I think for for youth radio in the Bay Area, it was basically uh years and a building process with editors who have um, you know, now committed to getting the material on. And now we've, we've tried to use some of that to, to be a vehicle also to bring um, you know, like a viewpoint on one story from a few different locations from, from um, some of the people here. And the same, I'd like to thank PRI because what we've started to do is specials um, where I think we've done three now, where we basically get material from all these groups and others, and do half hours on it, and that's a way to get some of the longer pieces. And we have um, pretty much complete freedom in what in what goes on in there, and it gives the voices from all around the country. So we hope to keep doing that. Can we can this? I think can we listen to some more pieces really quickly, and then take the last question. Is that okay? If we could, um, I'd like to go to Janice's, um, no, who's next? No, sorry, Uh, Carolyn. Carolyn, um, and this was her assignment, was covering a Jewish film festival. And this is, again, where we're um, hearing one of the boundary examples.
10: Earlier that week, their retirement facility had transported both Henny Pollock and Oscar Solomon, along with other residents, to the Jewish film festival. And now Henny's son had brought them back to see the Women's Forum portion four films focusing on the Holocaust. But as that subject became part of our conversation, Oscar pragmatically uttered a sentence which caused my persona of savvy reporter to disintegrate. We both
5: survivors of the Holocaust.
10: They were both Holocaust survivors? I was stunned, not wanting to say something ignorant, rude, insensitive, but yearning to know everything. Will you tell me your stories, I asked, a change in voice evident on the recording a transformation from confident questioner to awestruck subordinate.
7: Okay.
10: Let's so. um, just, like, right in the middle of the piece, and I wish you could have heard Henny's voice because it's so beautiful, but um, I guess one thing about radio is that having a microphone in your hand gives you so much power, or at least I feel like, and not, not power in terms of I'm I'm all holy but I can actually walk up to someone that I think is looks really interesting and find out if that's true you know and I think everyone is really interesting to an extent but I can walk up and say you know tell me your story or I have a question for you and these two old elderly people who were sitting behind me you know I just turned around I wanted to know why they were here and you know it didn't come easily I they did, that was that was probably halfway into the interview that Oscar just said, "Well, you know, we're both Holocaust survivors," and that was that was maybe my third report that I had done, and I I didn't know what to say. I was just so stunned, and you know, everything's racing through your head. You don't want to say something, just as I said, it's ignorant. I don't want to offend them, um, but I really wanted to hear their stories, and I was really fortunate to have this experience. I mean, I the lucky stars were above me that day in in that viewing room um, sitting in front of these two elderly people and I actually, I did the report on the Jewish Film Festival but then I went back and I, I saved the mini disc I didn't put it into the recycling to be erased and used for other pieces and I said I need to do something with this because they just, they just totally changed my view on on hearing someone's story and taking taking the little parts of, of a film festival and and really just understanding that the people that you see—they have so much to share—and even though you know, yeah, I'm, they really just were able to to come to a youth of all people, and they didn't say you know they didn't write me off as naive or insensitive. They they actually said, okay, we're going to tell you our stories and. Henny actually, when I turned around to ask him about the film festival, first said, "No, I don't want to." And Oscar sat for, sat for, ready to talk, and and by the end, Henny was interrupting Oscar, telling me about how she she escaped from a German concentration camp two weeks before it was deported to Auschwitz, and became part of the French resistance. And I mean, it was just, it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, in I just I feel so fortunate to have been able to hear those stories and the, been able to have that microphone that day and be, you know be assigned to that project. Um,
2: and and yeah. I think that, that, that it's hearing yeah. what makes it so strong, and that's why I say we're already doing this incubation of the next thing too, is as a listener, is hearing what not just their story, that would normally be what we'd hear, but hearing your reaction to it is, is I think, what makes it really so rich. So just the last clip on the personal uh, a clip from a story from another student
6: at Youth Radio. A week before I started at Deer Valley High School, a student killed himself. Only a few months earlier, another student committed suicide. Since I was new, I was totally clueless about what was going on and how it was affecting people, until a third student joined the others. He shot himself in the head. I was in shock. 3 Deer Valley suicides in 6 months. You wouldn't expect it walking around the Deer Valley campus. The students here look like normal high school kids. Everyone seems to have their own place. The hip hop kids, the Britney Spears lookalikes, the J crew debate kids. But there's something wrong. I'll always remember the day when a girl named Shelley came running out of a classroom shaking. Her eyes were really red. She was friends with the third suicide victim, Jimmy. He was always happy. He was never sad. You would never see any signs of him being mad. Jimmy's death shocked a lot of us. No one understood why he did it, especially his closest friends, like Shelly. I guess when he went home, he was just so unhappy. He left a note on his bed, I think it was, and it just said, look around you. So why does it still affect you so much? I see that your eyes are getting watery and you're kind of sad. Is it more anger or sympathy? It's both to me. I'm angry and then also it's sad because we miss you. We didn't want you to go. So, Victor, <laughs> it's a little hard.
2: just um, briefly in, in terms of, the idea of her being able to her as a reporter the kind of tape she can get
11: um, well I thought it was kind of interesting is um, no offense to adults or anything but uh, the only way that you could have really heard that was uh, that conversation was with like a kid um, like a peer this, this person going up to them and asking them about it because um, I mean they have and maybe it's not even a sensitivity it's just people kids are more at ease around kids and maybe on like a, a youth type of I mean youth issues like this um, it's it's definitely better to have like you know I mean it's a youth issue so you got to have like youth talking about it but um I guess this is this is right around the time when uh, like was it like Dan rather or something was doing um, some report on the statistics of Um, people uh, like teen suicide in the United States and it's just kind of, I mean you can see how like drastically like dramatically different um, this is from that I mean it's so much more personal and even if Dan Rather did actually try and get personal and like um, do an article um, or like do, not an article you know, like get up in the school and start asking questions or whatever um he still wouldn't have really got, you know, he's, he's not, you know, this, this girl wouldn't be comfortable around Dan Rather. She'd be, she's, she'd be cool with, you know, Marlene Williams, who's a good friend of mine. But, um, uh, yeah.
2: Okay, so, so we, we should be wrapping up. So we'll take that, that last question from you, who've been so patient. Thank you.
6: Okay, <clears throat> my question is for everyone on the panel, the youth who is involved, and in everyone else who are involved in the youth radio stations. My question is, is radio a career that everyone who is involved in the radio stations want to concentrate on in the future? If so, what direction are you going to concentrate and focus on? Is it journalism, on your talent, the sales of radio, um, the business of radio, production? And um, how is it going to help you? How is what you're doing now going to benefit you for your future expectations? Did
2: Julie pay you to have the perfect closing question here? No. <laughs>
3: um, well before I joined um Radio Arte, radio really didn't appeal to me. Like that wasn't really an option as a career wise. Um, but um I joined it and I found out that it's very interesting um I guess the career what want to go into involves audio and they should I guess the whole production thing was very um, interesting and that really I guess folk. That got me focused on what I want to do um, later on in my life. and um, So actually this is helping me with my career, um, learning everything at a younger age than I would have if I wasn't like going to school at that moment. Okay. Okay. Janice.
8: Um, Well, I'm just having fun. I'm only 16. I'm keeping my, op- I mean, I love radio, but I'm not focusing on a career right now. I still have a long way to go before thinking about what I want to do and what's going to keep me happy as far as a career.
2: Now you have It's there as an option now, I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn? Um, I think a lot of
10: kids at Blunt are there for the fun, but also the experience, the knowledge, um, just knowing how to DJ, how to you know, can use a mini disc recorder, produce, things like that. Um, I wouldn't say everyone's there to have a career in radio. I know it's really own my mind to, you know, possibly going in, and I just have this obsession with hearing people's stories now. But um, <laughs> I, I'm not going to go and major in journalism at a school. I, I want to keep my options open. But it definitely, like, I did an internship this summer, not at a journalism place, doing math, and the money that I got it went to a mini disc recorder. And that's, you know, it, so. that's that's the thing is you 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 take what you have and. You use it in different ways but i think yeah i really i really enjoy it um yeah i'd love to do it you're already I mean, hooked you should just admit it <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but okay victor
11: um yeah um i don't i don't want to do radio but oh, oh, oh maybe a little bit but i mean obviously these programs are are definitely training us i mean if you hear these pieces they're like i really like them a lot um, they're just really good good radio pieces and um I think it's definitely giving us um uh, you know the 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 opportunity giving us the knowledge and the skills and et cetera et cetera but it's and it's opening that door um but it's also it's just teaching us how to like be people or you know uh just be intelligent people i just I just think being around so many. Um, focused, um, intelligent people, and having mentors like Ellen um, and other people you don't know their names or so not even going to go on. Again, George and Bess, but um. Okay. No, but All no. Right. Can I? Can I just? Can I just All like? Okay, having having mentors.
2: Up.
7: So. Okay.
11: Yeah. Thank uh, you uh,
2: very hold, much. Can I,
11: five five seconds. All right. And just having mentors like <laughs> Ellen and stuff. Um, All
2: right.
11: Okay. Uh, it's right. good.
2: So you guys could take it. <laughs>
6: you want five more seconds,
0: Victor. You want five more seconds? You done? Yeah. <laughs> right. you <laughs> Whether you, your futures are in radio or not, we're just happy you're in radio now. So happy to have all of you, Ellen. Thanks so much, and to all of the other leaders of the groups.